You have reached Antioch Speak. <laughs> Live reporting from my, my dining room. <laughs> yeah. So you have a covenant that God makes with King David that there would be a king that would reign on his throne forever. Somewhere along the line, people have taken women, honor men, and, you know, obeying men and has twisted it to such a distorted thing that women don't have as much value. In um, she said she, was, she wasn't having a, a panic attack over something bad that happened. She was freaking out because, like, God spoke to her. And um, the Lord told her, I had a vision of me standing before a crowd and preaching the gospel to a bunch of people and people getting saved. Success, like thinking that success will fulfill the emptiness in you and success will make you feel worthy and it will give you worth and in, in a sense like I believe God wants us to be successful but success doesn't mean money, it doesn't mean women or men or designer bags or billion dollar homes or you know a bunch of zeros in your bank account because people can say oh I serve a church but they can serve it without having their heart in it they can serve it for the image of serving a church there's a difference between I've learned over between watching my parents serve watching other people serve and just serving in different churches and in different environments that it's a lot to do with the heart of the person and how they come off and how they serve. AntiochSpeaks.com. Check in. Every day, new podcast coming. Can't wait to see you there. Three, two, one. Brandy Poole and Brent Witcher. How are you, Brandy? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So on this one, we're going to try and stay on topic. We got 20 good minutes. Um, Sounds good. I did one with Christian earlier, and we could just go and go and go for like <laughs> an hour, um, which I expect the same with you. Probably. Um, the main point that I wanted to spend time with you on the podcast is because out of our squad or our little group, you are a full-time mother. You guys have a great dynamic with Mia in Dallas, and... I just wanted to talk about it. Obviously, you're a Christian. Um, how long do you think you were in the church growing up? Like, how, how, what was your church life like growing up? We bounced a lot. We would stay somewhere six months a year, long enough to get comfortable, and then leave, and then find somewhere else, and then leave. And it was like nothing was ever more than like skin deep. You didn't get to know anything. I was so oblivious and clueless. When I grew up, um, so really like three years. So, so you're saying all through church there was no consistent friendships, there was no consistent um, discipleship, women no, discipling none. other women, pouring into you, saying this is what life is like. Never. Um, this never. is a Christian. Um, I always like to say that some people's version of the gospel is like a jacked up F-250 with lights in the rooms. Mm -hmm. There's no practical use to it, but it looks so shiny and fancy Well, the, when the they churches that I primarily like grew up in, um, women literally were not able to do anything other than maybe nursery. There was never women singing. There was never women preaching. There was never women serving the church other than if it was for children. It was like women were always in the background. Women ran things, but they weren't trusted to do things. And I think it's probably because they were women. Because 
you know, like we mentioned earlier, somewhere along the line, people have taken women, honor men, and, you know, obeying men, and has twisted it to such a distorted thing that women don't have as much value anymore. And that's really hard raising daughters, because Mia, who's, you know, she'll be 10, it's just, it's the world's mentality. It's in school, it's, it's in church, it's everywhere. And, you know, sometimes she'll come home and be like, well, you know, I can't say this to this person that's bullying me because I'm a girl. Yeah. And it's just really a lack of people. And like you said, like women, there's a lack of women with wisdom pouring into younger women. Discipling. Absolutely. So one of the things, because I have daughters that... Uh, in my in my imagination and the way I view my kids is I want them to be extremely confident. Oh, yes. I want them to be extremely bold. Mm-hmm. So when my daughter walks into her workplace and a man jumps in and says, man, I'm attracted to you. And she sizes him up on a social scale and he's popular. He's got the perfect hair and everybody thinks he's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to fall for that guy on the grounds of um, secular social right. standards. I want her to be confident and bold. And I think um, when we focus so much on you being submissive to men, that women should just be submissive to men, it takes away some of your confidence. It takes away some of your boldness as a woman. I think you fall into relationships where, you know, a a man can, will, could mistreat you and you're going to accept it because you think, well, I've got to be submissive because I know that's happened to me. And I ended up in some really, really janky situations, really bad, bruised up kind of situations because, you know, it, older women, I'd be like, hey, this is, and this, and this, and this is happening, and it just don't feel right, and like, I think I need to get out of this situation, and they're like, well, you know, he, he is a man, so you just listen to him, or try to pay attention to different things, or try to hold your mouth and not say this that angers him, and somehow it's always the woman's fault. Um, or like the, see, now, so I have this weird view, and, and I've had a lot of discussions about it over the last couple of years, but... I've always felt like uh, a woman in the church wasn't uh, being led to be accountable for her behaviors, that she's just waiting for a man to come along. So in the meantime, if she's got a bunch of bad habits, if she has a sassy mouth, if she does this or does that, everybody overlooks it, nobody corrects it, man comes along, courts her, now she's sassy and she's kind of hard to deal with, and he kind of loses interest and he's, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's a bad guy. But um, I'm being corrected a lot lately because it's like... Okay, you have that dynamic, but also as a man, if you have a lot of girlfriends, you're cool, you're popular, you're whatever. But if a girl has a lot of boyfriends in the church, she's really a bad person. Like, I'm glad you brought that point up because, yeah, it goes back to, uh, again, how we mentioned earlier, people talk about Joshua and Paul and Jesus and all these like amazing, you know, Moses, these men figures where you can learn, you know, awesome, just coping skills, faith, you know, confidence, uh, confidence. Yes. But you very, very, very rarely hear of a woman being preached in church. Like, you know, just the other week when, um, a friend of ours preached, he preached on Hannah and it was literally one of the first times I've ever heard of the story of Hannah in church. And I'm almost 30 years old and women like girls aren't being taught. Like they're taught, Oh, be a, be a wife, be submissive and do the dishes. But they're not also teaching you 
how to stretch your faith, how to stretch your prayer life. Yeah. Depend to, on God. How to, yes, you're taught to depend you're, on a man. Depend on your husband when he shows up. He'll be depending on God for you. You don't have to worry about that's that. That's unbiblical. You depend on Jesus. That Your man's supposed to depend on Jesus. You depend on Jesus together, and it's, it's unbiblical to teach. Oh, you submit to the man who submits to the house of God. No, you both have to submit to the house of God together. Right, right, and it's absolutely. Not Which I so one of the worst, and just for clarifications, I've dated a lot of people, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't have the same experience with church as some people did. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a broken home myself. My mother yeah. had, I had a lot of stepdads and stuff, so my whole picture of the family dynamic has been all askew. But one same. of the worst yeah. relationships I had was a situation where. I was everything. Like, I was her whole entire everything. You were the savior. So, yeah. okay, at the time, I was not mature enough to handle that anyway. I was all over the place chasing anything that, that came my way. But even if I was in that case, what if illness took over? Yeah. What if I got sick? What if I had passed away? Then she has nothing? And so mm-hmm. it, can't, it just seems like it can't be taught that your husband's everything. It has to be right. taught... That God is everything. And I feel like, um, and one of the, the stories, the Boaz story. Yeah. There's no doubt Ruth had mm. this good report. She had a good record. Like, her record was not that she was just, you know, sitting around being sassy and mistreating her parents no, and doing all of this. she was working hard. She was busting her butt. But I'm, I'm also glad you brought that point up because on the flip side, it's like nobody really teaches marriage. Nobody teaches how to have a biblical relationship because... Women submit to husbands. Husbands submit to God. Well, we're getting you, a lot of teaching. I just want to know. Men are getting tons of discipleship. We're yes getting and no, in, in the church. We're getting so much instruction. Get like a big head about themselves. We're like, oh, I'm the man of the house, and then they get a cocky attitude instead of a confident attitude toward their women. Yeah. Um, or toward their daughters, or toward, toward their, well, you know, that's like again a, a takes me back. Of where you're I, supposed to be gently loving. I want my child to be completely confident in God. Absolutely. I want her to stand firm and be bold in God. I want her 100%. to know that God's got her back and that things are going, you know, that he's doing things for her. He's doing things in her. He's putting passions in her and all those things. Society is telling her every day that goes by that she's denying men that aren't mm-hmm. right for her, in her opinion, that she's losing something. That the more time she's single and doesn't have a husband, that she's going to end up with no kids and she's going to end up alone. And I feel like. Those now, pressures can be in church My sometimes. advice as being a mother, as being a wife, any young girl that comes to me, I'll be like, hey, you've you got to have yourself. You've got to have your own back. You get yourself established. You get to know who you are in Christ. You get your money sorted out to where you don't need anybody. And then God's going to send somebody who's equally successful or more successful so you guys can be partners instead of one person's carrying the other in the relationship. Yeah. Because then it's... It's like a flat tire on a car. Because I do think all the scripture about laboring and work, I think it goes for men and women. I don't see why it's only men who are expo- expected to harvest. It's only men that are expected to labor. I I don't well, think like, that's when accurate. Well, says you're fishers of men, that, that's just a universal term. It's not literal men. And, yeah. And people, I don't know, they just distort I, it. I wanted to ask it. you that out of church, and, and, and I was going to say up until you got married, but I want to say up until even today. Yeah. What do you think from churches that you've been to since you were a kid to the churches you belong to now, 
your core beliefs have been molded from the women in the church. What are your core beliefs that you've been, not that you've discovered on your own, because I know we all have our own from life, but what core beliefs have been transferred from women in the church to you? Wow, that is such a good question. Honestly, I can say up until I was about 25, no woman spoke into my life. Um, it was like women didn't have a voice. They, it was all men, and men don't know how to counsel women, like through their hormones, who, through agree. their puberty, I agree. through their first heartbreak. And it's almost like they take the sides of the guys when, they're, when guys are doing wrong. Um, it was probably up until I was about 25, 26, when women in the church that we are in now spoke into me, and what they said literally lives on like the front of my heart every single day. It, and one of them that you're mentioning was boldness. Um, and that has just changed my life. That you don't have to be like a timid woman. You don't yeah. have to be this. You don't have to be that. Because God made us conquerors. Why, why is a woman supposed to be like a cowardly little... No, we're supposed to be conquerors also. Because just because we're a woman doesn't mean we can't leave somebody to Christ. Or that we can't... I mean, look at you know Rahab. Joshua mm-hmm. got into the promised land only because of a woman yeah, right. who guarded him. You are a team. The team is men and women. It's yeah. not just men. Yes, there was 12 disciples of men, but think of the women. All the who, women in the Bible, good or bad, were bold and confident. All absolutely. of them. Absolutely. Um, when you love Jesus and Jesus lives in your heart, you are not a timid person. Jesus is not a timid spirit. He is a roaring lion. Very confrontational. So when you have a yeah, absolutely. Lion inside absolutely. of you, you are not going to be a quiet woman. And I feel like that's why Paul had to write, "Be submissive," mm-hmm. because you you're a bold, <laughs> confident lion. When we meet exactly. you, you should be on fire for Scripture. You should be um, um, uh, uh, convicting your husband. I think, mm-hmm. especially a potential husband, mm-hmm. you should you should have the the word written on your heart. You should be studying. You should be in a place when uh, a husband finds you that you are a wife. Maybe you're not a wife in a marriage relationship, but you are a wife. So that when he comes and starts courting you, if he's still a boy, you can confidently say, I'm a wife. Like, I don't need a boy. I'm not here to raise you. Exactly. I'm not not your mother. I am a current wife. And Mm -hmm. when a real man finds a good wife, he finds a good thing. Right. And I'm thinking like, you know, people are like, oh, be a wife. It's almost like it's turned into do the dishes, do the laundry, and it's not. Be a wife, you pray for your husband, you be there for your husband, you back your husband, you guard your husband, I am your help partner, I'm going to be your protection, you're going to be my protection. Be a wife is... is and nobody, nobody's giving you the... It, it, again, it's just like anxiety. that. Love yeah, right, right. No one's giving you specifics. Thought. They're like, hey... Just uh, you just repent to Jesus and it's all good and and they forget about all of the damage that's been happened or whatever and the same thing with women is like just be a wife and then you walk away mm-hmm. but there's specific things that need to be hit um, for young for young women and it I think it should be married women and mothers or maybe divorced mothers too speaking into oh, yeah. young women's lives saying this is what you should be doing I in Christ. Think- you know, divorced people who, who are on fire for God could probably speak more into your life more than anyone else because they did the wrong. They know what you're doing wrong. They could say, hey, you are, a, you know, hoarding unforgiveness and you don't realize it. And it's going to crash and burn because that's can't what take it into to another new relationship. Yeah. 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 It's just like, a, a, a in a way, um, I hate to, to dumb it down because marriage is such a huge oh, institution. Complex. But like a failed business. 
Yeah. I, anybody who fails at business, I want to listen to what you did. I mm-hmm. might be able to miss some of these pitfalls that you did. And I think it's the same with divorced couples. We kind of, in church, we kind of shun them and treat them, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, like they're outcasts. Um, outcasts. Yeah. Which when, is crazy. Cause like Jesus came to love the outcasts. So like we should be loving that divorced person harder because if we don't love them, they're going to be like, y'all are nothing but hypocrites. And I'm out of this church because you don't have Jesus. Yeah. And then, you know, us as believers, that's going to be on our hands if they turn from Christ because we were so hateful to them. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, and I just think, um, if I if if we had a group or a fellowship of men teaching single young men to be bold, confident, state what you're here for, mm-hmm. pursue her. If she doesn't fit mm-hmm. what you're looking for, then you move on. If if women were teaching women the same exact thing, be bold, confident. If he doesn't fit what you're looking for, don't let him stick around very long. We may have some real long-lasting relationships that now let me pick your brain what do you what would you think about if a, if a woman taught teenage boys how to treat their wives and men i, taught, I don't hate it but this is would that this be would weird? be my thought Just from like a different perspective this is this is like a, a, a maybe a vision or imagery that i've gotten over the last maybe year or so of what i'd like to see yeah, obviously I mean, male discipleship happens in all the churches the mm-hmm. baptist the methodist the pentecostal churches yeah, the, yeah. all churches you have male discipleship happening constantly um one man with with six or seven other men get together and they go over this whole christian thing um i don't want to get into long things if that's being done biblically scripturally or not it, it doesn't matter it's happening all the time yeah. Um, and I've seen it a couple times where women are getting together. A lot of the times, the women leading the group are newlywed women with no babies or mm, anything. No experience. And it's that's a rough thing. I'm not saying that it, it doesn't work, but I'm, I want to see more of it. I want to see more uh, yeah. women decide. You know, I'd like to see a woman who's in her 35th year of marriage. Mm-hmm. She's got one kid in college, one kid in high school, and one in middle school. Yeah. Teaching young women about this. There's a lot to be said to that. Um, but then when you're saying what you're saying, yes, I would also like to see married couples, uh, a couple together, a man and a woman married mm-hmm. for maybe uh, five or more years or something like that, maybe young children or something like that, teaching both men and, and mm-hmm. you know, young men and young women. That That's what I think would be. Now, why do you think, you know, women don't get together in discipleship as much? Um, when you were saying that, I almost thought it's probably... And I'm not saying I'm gonna say always, but it's most likely because we're home taking care of the children, doing that wife role, you know, that's always been thrown on us. And yes, that is our role, but I feel like that's been so heavily put onto a woman that we get overburdened and overstressed, and we can't, you know, we're, we're we don't have time to go into our prayer sh- closet and pray and disciple because, you know, men. Men aren't taught that they also have to help with children and also have to change diapers and also have to do this. So you you touched on two things from my point of view. Yeah, that was a little scattered. Yeah, yeah, you hit two things. And I I, want to talk about both of them. Um, Number one, what I've seen in my lifetime is I saw a 55-year-old Christian man look at Joel Osteen's wife Mm -hmm. uh, as she was preaching and say, I can't watch this because she's attractive. Oh, wow. Okay, so from my point of view, when he said it, I felt like he wasn't discipled correctly because we're supposed to be crucifying our flesh. Now, I'm not trying to say that I'm perfect in any means. Obviously, I'm attracted to women. What I'm saying is when I get angry Mm -hmm. with my child because she does not listen to what I say, she does not do what I want to do, 
I, in that moment, as a Christian man, have been taught and should understand by this point Mm -hmm. to crucify my flesh, not instinctually blow up at my child and act like a crazy person in front of everybody here in the restaurant, damaging the relationship with my child and everything else. That is the same way we're supposed to be with lust. I understood that if you're... Uh, teaching us financial something and I'm here with my wife and I'm attracted to you, mm-hmm. I need to crucify my flesh. I need to pray and deal with it so that I can get the message that the right. Lord is sending me through you. I shouldn't be distracted by your attractiveness if I am been discipled correctly. I so like that. I yeah. think what's holding women back in the church from being leaders in young women's life oh, wow. is men being attracted to That's them and not crucifying point. their flesh. Like they're supposed like. Does it make sense? Again, yeah, it's an accountability issue. Know. Go find your wife. Wife, just you know, do do what he says. Dress pretty and do what he says. It, it's a missing. There's a lot of missing information in mm-hmm. here because uh, if all of our wives are dressing pretty for all of us, mm-hmm. and then we're attracted to each other's wives, mm-hmm. and we're not crucifying our flesh enough to listen to them mm-hmm. and understand, then the second part is the children, yeah. men's role in raising kids. Yeah, as as a correctly discipled man, that's, that's, that's what I like to say. I'm, I've been correctly discipled. No, but understanding like yeah. men being discipled is we're supposed to be discipling humans. Right. Leading them to Jesus, leading them to the principles right. that are in the Bible that Jesus talked about. Why do kids get a pass on that? Are they not human? And that's something As a I don't man, get, I'm supposed like, to be working in my children's like, life to like lead said, them like, to why the do cross. You, why do we blow up on children and then with adults try to be so gentle? Like, if we were gentle with children, we wouldn't have damaged adults that we have to be gentle with. Because, like, when you're an adult, you know how to manage your emotions and your feelings. And I can be like, hey, you're being stupid. I saw you look at her. There's something going on in your spirit. You need to get with your wife. You need to get with your husband. You need to pray about this. And I'm going to keep this to myself. This isn't for gossip. I'm going to pray with you. Because I don't want you to see you go under. And, you know, as an adult, you can deal with that. You can handle someone blowing up on you. But, like, when you're a kid and someone blows up on you, you're like, I don't know what to do and I'm going to freak out. And then you look like this crazy kid. And they're like, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with this crazy kid. And it's so true. In, a, in, a, in, a, in an adult situation where someone's being, uh, there's infidelity and we see it in our body, we all kind of go, oh my gosh, I think there's infidelity. What's going on over there? Mm-hmm. But when two kids are trying to run Just off over kids. here and steal some other kid's toy or, or bully a child, we will boldly call that kid out in front of everybody. Pick on that kid for weeks and weeks. Tell everybody mm-hmm. about it. So it, 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 you're right. It, you know, I don't think that we should not confront children, but it's a, it's a great perspective to say, why don't we walk on eggshells with the kids' emotions and the kids' you know, how they're feeling. They're going to make mistakes. They're young. And let's just boldly confront the adults. I mean, you can handle it. Yeah. And I think it's a huge uh, uh, point of view, Brandy. Because, like, I'm grateful because, like, I know both of you guys sitting in this room, if I did something stupid, you'd be like, hey, you got to get yourself in check. That is not in my Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, um, I mean, and... When we we need to raise up children who understand the principles of God instead of just focusing always on the adults. Because if we focus on the children, those children will grow up and focus on children again and focus on children again. And then we raise up that generation of of a new fire for God that you know Jesus what just went through my head. There's another reason why good women aren't discipling uh, young women and good men aren't discipling young men. And why that? All of the predator stuff that's happened over the oh, years. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
that is probably a huge hindrance. But I still don't see why in 18, 19, 20, good women in the church can't get with young women that are just coming out of high school and disciple them. I, I, yeah. I mean, I get it why they don't, you know, I don't know. I, it's, I feel like it's a major void. Is it, it's uh, it's like avoided. It's like you don't talk about it. even now. It's hush hush. We should even be emboldening our women in Christ. Even they in are a more consequential church, it's still always men leaders. Always, and I, I, you know, if you're if you have a woman leader who's attractive, you better crucify your flesh. Right. Uh, the, one of the, uh, someone once suggested to me that one of the biggest uh, revivals in the gospel was after the woman at the well went home. Yeah. And told every, all of the people in our city got saved. Two hundred people got saved by her testimony. By her testimony, yeah. they didn't even see Jesus. So to say women can't lead, women can't teach, women can't bring you to Jesus, women can't say that salvation prayer now, at the end of every sermon. Almost like a fleshly weakness. Like maybe men, some men might be intimidated by that. Like women would be a greater preacher or could reach more people, and they would feel demasculated? Do you think that's might sure, be an issue? Sure, but it, it, which comes back that. to men being forced to crucify their flesh, right? I, I mean, I never thought about that until just this moment. It totally is. And if a man is threatened by a woman's presence in leadership, he needs to crucify his flesh. Well, that I mean, is yeah, proper like, discipleship. If, well, I mean, yeah, because if he's supposed to be the leader of the household, and she's sizing him up and can preach better, knows more words, like, loves Did Jesus. I miss something in Scripture? Because when I read it, it says, women submit to your husbands. Right. Men love her like Christ loved the church. It doesn't sound like lead your household. It doesn't well, sound see, like hammer to the... Yeah, and that's what I can't You're not the judge like, and jury yeah, of the household. right. God, there's a council up in heaven. You don't need to be the council. <laughs> right, uh, right, right. <laughs> but, yeah, and I think when it says love the love your spouse as Christ loved the church, that's a very gentle, very loving. I will do anything for you. I'm when he lays his eyes on and, me, like, he the, loves the fruits, me all the time. The he thinks I'm beautiful. Of the spirit, and you're going to be patient with me. You're going to love me. You're going to be gentle with me, and you're going to be joyful. And like, that blows onto your children as well. That's yeah. exactly how you're supposed to parent them. Because if you're yelling and screaming at me, I'm going to look at you and be like, you're a flippin' idiot, and I'm not going to listen to anything you say. Yeah. But if you talk to me, I'm like, hey, I really love you. Yeah, always, I think we always need to talk telling about them, this. Jesus loved me. Jesus loved your mom. Jesus forgave me. Jesus forgave your mom. Jesus loves you and forgives you. I love you and forgive you, and dad or mom loves you and forgives you. Mm-hmm. No matter what, you are redeemed always in my eyes. And yeah. then do the corrective. Yeah. You know, don't talk to your sister that way or, you know, try to listen. Whatever the corrective behavior is. But emboldening, especially our daughters, in Christ. Yeah. You're very, very beautiful in Christ. If some man comes in and starts treating you like you're not beautiful, check back with Christ and me and dad. Yeah, because exactly. you are a beautiful person. Let no one else change that. Right. And and it's like it's social media, it's magazines, it's TV, it's whatever is on your We need phone. women discipleship more now in it's this world like, than ever before. It's like we're objects. And it's really hard to like raise women to be like, hey, stand up for yourself. Because they like they feel like they can't. And because as long as it's on older, scripture, you should. I, I've gotten... Uh, just young girls, they've been 16, 17, 18 placed into my life where they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm dating him because I don't know why and he liked me and I'm like, well, you didn't you didn't question anything, you just dated him because... It's where their value is. Well, well, women aren't taught a value, so when a man pursues them, they're like, sure, somebody wants me. 
it's killing me to see it. And I, yeah, and it's I mean, killing you, have da- you have a daughter. And my daughter being age, so strong, so- and everybody's pressuring her to no. marry someone. And I'm sitting there going, no, she is looking at every one of these guys going, nah, it's more valuable than this. And I, I champion that. That's, yeah, I that's mean, what that's I want. That's how everyone should be. Because if her confidence is going to make a man question his own, he needs to get right with God. Yeah. So he's worthy of it. And her. I think a wife. A wife's confidence should make a boy question his own. Do you think that provokes, like, not provokes, do you think that brings on, like, his earthly anger or something when there's, like, a confident woman? Like, well, this is what I, I think, uh, again, like, it's just I mean, a bit, it's just, you know, an idea my, I have. My but, single days, like, if I said no to a man, they get mad at you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that goes back to, like, oh, there needs to be an older woman coaching her through. You didn't do anything wrong. Right, right. And Restoring instead her. Instead of being pressured into something, be like, hey, well, God says you're this and this and this. And is he treating you like that? No, then leave that then boy it, alone. Yeah. And, and be guilt free. And, and about as, it. as men in the church, we should be discipling boys to not behave that way. Yeah, absolutely. To boldly, confidently tell you what they're there for. Boldly, confidently do things by scripture. And if he doesn't, she should correct him. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it's just. From where I'm well, and it's from. almost like it's a self-centered thing because nobody, they're like, oh, they hurt my feelings or this makes me feel good. <laughs> well, what does God say? You need to both be looking at the Bible instead of looking at each other and blaming each other. Look at the Bible and blame yourself and see what you can yeah, do yeah. differently or better or change or more. Yeah, I completely agree. So we got to do a part two to this. Yeah, it's so we got to take notes on time, this, isn't it? Yeah, and then come to a part two and and uh, and keep this going. It was really good. This was really good. Thank you for like making me do this. I was kind of reluctant. <laughs> You're welcome. Think of other topics as well. So you want to ask me why? Why Antioch speaks? What does it mean? The Church of Antioch was a crucial role in the Book of Acts. This is where Jews and Gentiles, in a blend, were first called Christians. Antioch of Syria was one of the largest cities in the Roman world, and it was the center of trade. And we feel like that's a lot like Georgia is today. Atlanta is the center of a lot of trade, and we're coming out of Atlanta. We really identify with the Church of Antioch, and that's why we're calling it AntiochSpeaks.com.